Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oh, it's funny how shows just get spawned, and that's what's happened today. Just before we get to our NHL insider, John Shannon, we'll tell you it's 1233 in Edmonton. I asked, because uh, Roger Staubach was a guy I had a poster of, along with Guy Lafleur when I was a kid. Who did you have a poster of? You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Neil. The Saskatoon Huskies fan says, Bobby Hull, Circa Winnipeg Jets, and Forget Sports, Olivia Newton-John. Really? The Haas is going to roll with Farrah Fawcett and Adrian Barbeau. All right. Uh, this texter says uh, he's going to go with Bobby Clark, along with Christy Brinkley, Farrah Fawcett, and Bo Derrick. AJ says no poster, but I had Montreal Canadiens wallpaper with the emblem and Larry Robinson on it. Larry Robinson, who's number one all-time in NHL plus minus. The Big Reed uh, Butcher says, Bob, uh, does Shania Twain count? Um, yeah, all right. Uh, George the Animal Steel of wrestling fame has taken time to text us and said as a kid i had posters of doug Waite and the undertaker again you can text us i can't believe how many farrah fawcett uh uh majors uh farrah fawcett's have come in so far uh randy and cold lake says bob you referenced uh, any given sunday and used the music from paul kelly best pregame speech ever was in hoosiers uh before the indiana state final uh, Gene Hackman gives a speech. The clergyman said a Bible verse from David versus Goliath. And Hackman says, I love you guys. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Dave from Gateway Rotary. Well, there you go. We did that for you, Dave. Eddie Shock. It's going to go with Eddie Shock. Uh Hodgie says, not only did I have a Gretzky poster, I also had a Sears catalog Gretzky bedspread and curtains. Uh, take that, Tavares, in <laughs> your Maple Leafs uh, pajamas. There you go. We bring aboard John Shannon. Uh, John, how are you doing? Hold on. You you were you were on the fence about Shania Twain being on a poster. I was. That was the texter, not me. Oh, Shania Twain. She could be on a poster anytime. Did you know her parents ran a tree planting company? I didn't. I just knew she worked at uh, Deerhurst uh, up in Huntsville, for, and that was her yes. claim to fame. That's how she got discovered on the stage one night. Uh, this texter just said, I had a poster of Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3. Was a big fan of that beast. I've never heard of that. My son would. Uh, another texter says, the Bayou Bullet, Reuben Mays, who's my cousin. Well, that's cool that he had yeah. a 
There, uh, oh, wow. My son had a life-size poster of Chris Pronger, says this texter. Now, is that one that you kept after the 06 season? <laughs> I don't know. So, John, uh, what about you? Did you have... I, 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 I had no sports posters. You had no, no sports. Okay. No, but I had three pictures on the wall. Winston Churchill, John Kennedy, and then... Um, uh, you're going to laugh, but uh, I used to get in fights with my parents. I would put out a John Diefenbaker poster every time the Conservatives were up for an election. Um, so th- th- that's that's a true confession day. <laughs> uh, well, when was he Prime Minister? Like 57 to 63 and around there? Uh, Does that sound about right? 59 to, 59 to 63, I think, yeah. Okay. And then Pearson was after him, right? Yes. Yeah, Lester yeah, right? Pearson. And then uh, Pierre Trudeau was Pearson's justice minister before Correct. becoming yeah before becoming prime minister. Uh, by the way, he was a very progressive justice minister. We should mention. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I mentioned Roger Staubach. For our listeners that maybe aren't quite familiar with him, I mean, the nineteen seventies in North American sport was there any bigger team than the Dallas Cowboys? No. I mean, the whole the whole debate and discussion about America's team, I mean, they did a magnificent job of, of before that word branding occurred, they did a magnificent job of creating branding through the assistance of CBS television, who always wanted to play them in the 4 o'clock game. You know, this was, this was before um, Monday Night Football, really. Uh, and this was after the Packers had really uh, taken them to the woodshed in the uh, NFL final in '66, um, and uh, and the and the the Cowboys did a magnificent job of making sure that they got a lot of national airtime, uh, and they deserve a ton of credit for doing that, and it uh, it pay has it pays dividends, and and some would argue it's it continues to pay dividends because of the value of the franchise. Yeah, uh, and Roger Staubach obviously was, he was almost, I, I, I mean, not, do we have any modern era athletes that had, I mean, his reputation was, look, this was a guy who won a Heisman Trophy for Navy. Right. Uh, was It should be noted, like, he was, if you look statistically at his numbers, relative like there were years in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had three touchdown passes and 30 interceptions from their quarterbacks it was a different time right the defense the defenses dominated and 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 Staubach had ridiculous stats he had the highest he was the highest rated quarterback uh, when he retired in well, NFL well, and, history and, the, and of course the you know the folklore of of Staubach is he went and served his time in in the in the navy yeah. uh, before coming out and playing for the Cowboys um, which um, you, you, you don't see elite athletes going to any of the uh, three or four uh, you know military academies anymore. Uh, the last one, I guess, of note would be uh, David Robinson, the basketball player, the carrier. Who did a, yep. it, it did yep. a similar did a similar uh, uh, tour of duty that, that Staubach did before he joined uh, San Antonio. Uh, so from from that perspective, that that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, and uh, and and really, what happened, in in my opinion, was that uh, the Cowboys took advantage 
of a mature man to become their quarterback. Remember the controversy. I don't know if you remember. Sure. Craig Craig Martin Martin versus Roger Staubach got to the point where Tom Lander even tried to, uh, you, you know, Put one in for one one series of plays, and then would swap out and change the guy, next guy for the next series of plays, until they finally made a decision that Staubach was the better quarterback, more versatile, better scrambler, smarter, uh, and they were able to trade Craig Morton to uh, to Denver. I mean, he was almost above report uh, reproach, right? Like, there's no, that's the point I'm kind of making. Like, you have. There's a side, you know what I mean, like, and maybe it's completely different today because of the, you know, Twitter and that sort of thing and social media and every, it just seems a lot of times people are trying to drag each other down out there. There weren't a lot of people that said a lot of bad things about Roger Staubach. No, oh no, he was pristine. He, he was he he was the all-American boy. He did everything that uh, every uh, young American man was expected to do. Be patriotic to his country and play football. It yeah. was uh, he, he he was it, it was a storybook story, yeah, for sure. And managed his life pretty well after football as well. Yes, built he up did. a company, yeah. built up a company worth six hundred million. But I mean, there's a lot of people this days. I think he's like seventy seven or seventy eight now. So, but for years, people thought. I mean, he retired in nineteen eighty. Yeah, like, I know. Forty yeah. years ago, but there's well, a lot it of it. Speaks. It also speaks to the reputation you created in a market like Dallas. And how people hold you to that standard, uh, and how you know if you were a cowboy great and you lived in the Dallas metroplex, uh, you were going to be treated like a god for the rest of your life. Yeah, uh, Ryan in the dozer says, Bob, what about the Canadian? Just speaking of, uh, uh, just speaking about guys of great reputations. What about uh, Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif? Uh, that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he, I would say that that possibly, uh, I mean, come on, that, that, there was obviously a bit, a bit of social engagement that went on into him winning the Lou Marsh Trophy because I don't think anybody would think he's the best athlete, but it's certainly one of the best stories out of Canada this year. Well, I mean, let's, Sports Illustrated made him one of their sportsmen of the year as well. Yes, yes. Uh, so there was an acknowledgement. In many ways, what uh, what he did was comparable uh, to what uh, many hockey players did in the Second World War, what Ted Williams did to go to the Korean War. He gave up his professional athletic career to to give back. And uh, one can only hope that Laurent is back uh, playing for the Chiefs next season and uh, and doesn't miss a beat. That That is it once uh, the pandemic is fixed. Yeah. All right. Let's switch focus. What are you hearing, John? John Shannon, our NHL insider and Oilers now. What's the latest uh, on the discussions between the league and the players? Well, you know, there's a there's a real hope that something can happen this week. Um, timing becomes the issue when you consider still that if you if you have to return to Canada and to certain states that you have to quarantine for 14 days before you can get started. So if you start doing the math, it's the 14th today. Uh, if you travel home, uh, you, you, you have to be in position by the end of the month to start training camp. I, I still think that they're, they're trying to get to the 13th of January uh, with a 56-game uh, schedule. Uh, but uh, I was told uh, late last week that this would, this would be a busy week and trying to get everything done and, and put in place, and I, I fully expect that that's what will happen. 
John, we've had six texts come in, in a lot since you've been on. Uh, I think you know where this is going to go. It pertains to a tweet that you put out last week, and you did have a follow-up tweet, but what, what can you tell us uh, about the NHL in terms of trying to get everybody vaccinated? Well, it goes back prior to that. The Financial Times of London put out a story uh, that suggested and, and, and had quotes in it that there were going to be vaccine manufacturers, uh, particularly ones with AstraZeneca out of Europe, uh, that once they fulfilled all of their public health demands, that they would start selling the vaccine to companies. Uh, and you know darn well as I do, Bob, that companies have always been interested in trying to make sure that their people are vaccinated. So I asked the question, and I was told, yes, that that was, that was indeed the, the case, but the NHL would certainly not be usurping any position in front of frontline workers, seniors, and those people who are in dire need of the uh, the vaccine. So yeah. that really that really was the story. It it did kind of uh, mushroom out of control a little bit, and if it caused any uh, any uh, anxiety for anybody, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well. uh, but it, but at the same time, um, this is, you know you can legally buy vaccines. Um, and, uh, you know, there are companies every year that offer flu vaccines to their employees. Uh, it just so happens, as I, as I explained to somebody on the weekend, it so happens that when you and I talk about hockey, that's about 30% of the market, and we can get people up and down at us about 30% of the market talking hockey. When you talk about the pandemic and COVID and vaccines, you're talking about 100% in the market. So I understand, I understand the angst. Yeah, I know, obviously. Yeah, you, I mean, it was interesting. Just, I mean, you're, you know, and, I kind of... people, listen, people jump to so many conclusions. Yeah, there we go. There we go. People jump to conclusions, um, and hopefully they were able to be dispelled uh, through the night. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it certainly created a life of its own for a couple of days, and uh, I'm certainly there are a few people ticked off at me about it, but that's uh, it was uh, it was not a manufactured item. It was uh, following up on news that came out of England, uh, and uh, and there are I, you you can you can bet there are companies around the world that are investigating the opportunity at the appropriate time without jumping the queue to buy vaccines for their employees. And that is, to a large extent, I think, to be expected. It'll just be part of the process, won't it be, John? That once, like, I mean, if we're looking at, say, September next year, when let's hope by then everybody that needs to have access to it has access. That's, yeah. that, that wants well, AstraZeneca claims that they're going to make three billion vaccines. Three billion. That's just them. And and uh, you know, I've been told uh, in the last ten days that by the, by the time the vaccine gets fully produced and is in full distribution, there could be up to twenty different companies producing the vaccine. Right. Which would make it available on an annual basis to all of us. So that no different than the the annual flu vaccine. So that's where the story uh, went and goes, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Our NHL insider, John Shannon. So they continue to work away, uh, maybe January 3rd for training camp, January 13th, if they can make it happen by then. Are we looking at a, like a, a smaller size training camp, maybe 35 people? And have you heard anything at all, 35 players? And have you, have you heard anything on, say, 23 active roster, five-man taxi squad? Anything about that? I, I think that that's what really has to be ironed out now. Above and beyond the, the COVID protocols, which are going to be a serious issue. You know, you have to wonder what's going on uh, beyond the rosters. Like, w w like baseball went and put uh, alternate market 
groups together because there was no triple a baseball no double a baseball well you know the, the east coast league has started up on a limited basis but right now uh we don't even know when the american league is going to start february 4th was the last day that i was told that they right. were considering starting so but we don't that's not a guarantee either that was when that was when the the, the you know the pandemic numbers were half of what they are now so I think the question becomes is how do you stock the players and the people to fill the injuries? And I think that's a discussion point. And, and let me ask you this, Bob, and I think this is a key question. Those people, if there's not an American League team to join, and these, these players that are put in a, a satellite situation to play games against each other, are they on NHL contracts? Are they in minor league contracts? How do, you, how do you discuss that? So I think that there's a ton of stuff like that that is yet to be determined, which I think is one of the reasons why, uh, why we haven't heard uh, definitive dates, because I think they're trying to button down every aspect of this uh, before uh, they make an announcement. John, th- don't parties have to be flexible given what we're going through? Like, I'll give you an example. You have a 23-man active roster. That roster has to be cap compliant. Then you have a five-man reserve roster or a taxi squad roster. So maybe they're getting paid their HL contracts. So, uh, you know what, if you have a guy on a one-way deal and he's, you know, let's say Patrick Russell's not on your 23 active roster, but he's yeah. on your ta- – he gets paid as one-way. Conversely, Evan Bouchard's in an ELC. Maybe he's he gets paid as AHL uh, level – uh, compensation like don't we just have to be you know recognize the situation that everybody's in here and not 100 percent stick hard and f- like there's people out there every day that are having to amend the rules in order to survive for their company or their industry shouldn't the nhl explore the same kind of philosophical approach like let's be collaborative together with the nhlpa and find a way to work around this well there is common sense that yeah i think has to prevail uh, but at the same time, it's it's up to both sides that uh, for the NHL office to protect what the owners are, are are needing to make sure this works, and then the union has to be there to protect the players. Um, and and let's face it, the players are under much more finite uh, window of, of of playing than than the owners are. You'd think. Um, so you have to protect them to the best best of their ability, uh, and and try to get them a fair number. I mean, we, we're you know, despite the fact that. You know where we we understand that the financial terms are agreed to. Um, you know there's still a point that's going to become a 50/50 share, uh, but it's going to be a 50/50 share over the six years, uh, which hopefully will make the players whole and and the owners whole over that period of time. So there's a, there's so many levels of this, Bob, uh, that uh, are quite frankly are you know beyond most of us. Uh, to understand that, that that's what these people get paid to do and to negotiate, and I think that's what they're doing right now. John, are, are we going to see a, a different sort of media relationship as well? You know, after 9-11, every team in the league had to fly privately, and so it became private charter. Now, several teams had already done that. Some of them were still, on, you know, flying regularly. So conversely, uh, or, you know, sort of in a similar scenario, are we looking at a potential media relationship, like, could it be possible that there's no more open dressing rooms as a result of this coming up when we do get back up and running and we have fans back in the building and that sort of thing? Are, are, is, is that a, a possibility that maybe we'll just maybe you'll have your media availability where three players get brought out or two players get brought out 
and do something from X amount of feet away with an assembled media group, and that's it, and the days of the dressing room are closed. I don't. I mean, I, I think that that's so far down the calendar, Bob. That uh, I don't think it's been contemplated yet. Uh, the one thing I can tell you is I, I, I do know the players quite enjoyed the Zoom world. Uh, they they because and they enjoyed their privacy in the dressing rooms. Um, so from from that perspective, I don't. I don't, and all you see it in the NFL now. Um, you know, with reporters in the stadiums. Uh, there are, it's all Zoom still there. Uh, I would think that there has to be some level of compromise that players have to be made available in some environment. The question is, is it out of the dressing room? I, I think that that's a, I think that's probably viable in the next two or three years that uh, that we'll end up going to a, a secondary place and, and players get brought out and people be uh, you know socially distanced. To, to a new extent, maybe not six feet or six meters, uh, but uh, given that uh, two meters, rather, uh, that I think that that's a possibility. Yeah, I do. I, I think that uh, we're going to have to learn to evolve as the players are going to have to learn to evolve with it as well. John, great stuff. Appreciate your time. Okay, Bob. Talk to you soon. That's John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, Don has texted the show. The question again, who did you have posterized on your wall when you were a kid? I mentioned I had Roger Staubach and Guy Lafleur. Don says Roger Staubach, Jean Beliveau, and Raquel Welsh. Well, uh, there you go. Cactus Jack says, Bob, just remember, what did they used to call Roger Staubach back in the day? Captain America is what they used to call Roger Staubach. They were, after all, America's team. You can text us at 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick time out. Come back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back and we're uh, going to get to an Oilers prospect report. Red hot Joe Kim Nygaard. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Edmonton owned and operated, currently uh, not open, obviously, following AHS guidelines, but uh, when Edmonton's back up and at him, Roos Chris will be back up and at him as well. Brendan and the staff at Roos Chris wishing you a safe and happy holiday season, and they're looking forward to seeing you again. John Shannon was our NHL insider today, brought to you by our friends at uh, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Get no payment and no interest 
for one year on new uh, furnace purchases. Again, John's brought you, actually, all of John's appearances are brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Get no payment and no interest for one year on new furnace purchases. As we go into the Oilers Now Prospect Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. What you got, Brendan? Well, Dominic Cahoon scored a goal in a 7-5 win over the weekend, helping his team to capture the Magenta Sport Cup over in Germany. Uh, Joe Kim Nygaard, you teased it, Bob. What a weekend for him. Three, he had two goals in uh, Saturday's game, another one on Sunday's game. So give him seven points in his last five games for Farstad, heating up in the SHL there. Tyler Benson, two assists and a 3-2 loss on Saturday in the second Swiss League, but give him 17 points in 14 games now. Carter Savoy held scoreless for the first time in his NCAA career. Denver lost 4-1 to Minnesota Duluth on Saturday. And 2020 fifth rounder Tyler Tulio scored, or just started alone rather in Slovakia on the former Oshawa general. Now two points in his first two games. Let's go to some texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This one comes to us from the Chiseler down in Vegas. Bob, looking to grind this text out from outside the province. I'm trying, but it's a huge challenge, says the Chiseler. I do care about Gus Melzon. That was an interesting story about Mitch Mustang. Uh, the uh, Chiseler adds, my primary care, though, is the Seahawks. Well, you didn't have anything to worry about yesterday. Man, are the Jets bad. Uh, the Chiseler goes on to say, I, was, I wasn't I was at Looney's in 88, but did frequent circa, uh, circa 83 to 85. Bob, is there any truth to the rumor that you had a Tom Cruise uh, poster when you were a kid? No, I did not have a Tom Cruise poster. Let's find out what some other posters had with posters. Original six Texas show to say, Bob, I'm dating myself. Gordy Howe. And Jackie Parker posters. You are. That's going old school. Uh, Leroy has Texas show to say, I had three posters on my wall as a teenager. Farrah Fawcett, Bobby Orr, and Gilles Villeneuve. What year did Villeneuve pass away? It was, uh, I think, 1982. Uh, Blaine in Medicine Hat said, I had several posters of Patrick Waugh on my walls. Boy, did I regret that after I met him. <laughs> Never meet your heroes. Oh, wow. Oh, Blaine, I know who you are. <laughs> it's funny. I'm also not personally a, um, a Patrick Waugh fan. That's funny. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Tad has texted the show to say, I had Cordell Stewart and Jerome Bettis and good old Jeremy Roenick as well. Well, Tad obviously was a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Ryan, uh, not the dozer, says Yarmir Yeager and Pamela Anderson. Uh, bit, bit of a theme there. There you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Keep it coming. Uh, it's all good. And uh, we're finding a way to have some show uh, coming up. Uh, having some fun on today's edition of Orders Now. Hockey Hall of Famer Kevin Lowe. Bruno Mueller coming up in the next half hour of the show. He's an Edmonton area businessman. We're going to talk a bit about the Christmas Bureau, a bit about hockey, all that after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.